Welcome to the Small Business Sessions powered by Zero. My name is Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation, and I'm very happy that we have a podcast about GDPR coming up. We have two of the brightest brains in Britain who know all about this topic. So our wonderful Alice, who indeed is in-house legal support for Enterprise Nation. She is our own lawyer from Stevenson Law. And Gerard, who I believe was very involved in a GDPR clinic that we ran pre-GDPR coming up. So welcome both to Alice and Gerard. Gerard, let's kick off with you. Tell us a little bit about your business before we go into the intricacies of GDPR for small business. Okay, so my business is called Astrid Data Protection. And we provide an online service to small businesses so they can just step through the processes they need to go through to get compliant with GDPR and then make sure they stay compliant with GDPR. Lovely. And we're going to talk all about how they can stay compliant with GDPR. Alice. Hi, so I run a law firm called Stevenson Law. We are a specialist law firm and we advise a huge range of clients from startups right up to FTSE 100 companies on all aspects of GDPR and general commercial and IT law. Wonderful. So let's take a little bit of a step back to a couple of weeks ago when GDPR actually came into effect. And before we talk about the timings and what businesses did and what they can do now, remind us again, what is GDPR? So GDPR is basically a legal framework and it sets guidelines for the collection and processing of personal information within the EU. And it's been introduced with a view to reflect the increasing data-driven world that we're all living in now. And not being funny, what does GDPR actually stand for? It stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. Okay. And I thought a really interesting question in the lead up to GDPR is because it is a European sort of rule, diktat, whatever the word would be. Lots of businesses were saying to me, well, surely we're coming out of the EU. We don't know how to comply with this. But Gerard, just to confirm, businesses did have to comply. Uh, Yes, they do. If you're processing the information of any European citizen, then you need to comply with this law. It doesn't matter whether you're doing that in the States or in Asia. If it's European citizens, it applies to you. Okay. So let us get into a little bit of the detail of what does compliance mean and look like. So lots of small businesses mailed their database and essentially said to their database, if you want to hear from us again, you have to re-enlist. And therefore the assumption was, I know that's not a good word to use, assumption, but the assumption was if people didn't re-enlist, then they were lost from the mailing database. Was that the right thing to do? Not in all circumstances. So I think there's been a real focus on consent and marketing um, with GDPR. And it's slightly misleading, really, because it's not actually what GDPR is all about. It's just one aspect of GDPR. It's just one processing activity that, that businesses are undertaking. There are basically six lawful bases that businesses need to ensure that they're using when they're carrying out processing activity. And consent is just one of those. Consent is required for some direct marketing activity, but there are other lawful bases that can be relied on to be able to carry out direct marketing activity. And the fact that all of our inboxes were completely filled up with emails from every company that we've ever interacted with online before the 25th of May, I think is indicative of some poor advice and basically people following the herd and thinking that that's what they're supposed to have done. And I know you were both kindly giving advice in a GDPR clinic that we hosted for Enterprise Nation members. What was the kind of advice that you were giving for businesses to do pre that 25th of May deadline? Gerard? So first of all, it's important to understand for everybody that that you own your own personal information. You know, your information is yours. And any business that handles your information 
has to do so responsibly and transparently. And so really the rules are around helping businesses understand how to do that and why they need to do it. And that, that's the fundamental basis of GDPR. So, you know, most of the questions on the platform were really sort of technical about how do I get my head around what I'm supposed to do, how I understand the highest risk pieces of information or the pieces of information that have the biggest impact on people if handling them goes wrong. So it's helping companies understand how to identify those and then take appropriate actions about them. Okay. And from a legal standpoint, Alice, did you feel that all businesses should have taken legal advice or was it a case of almost providing here's a quick checklist and if you want anything further, then kind of speak to a lawyer? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessary for every business to take legal advice. I think some businesses are more affected by GDPR than others, particularly if you're holding large amounts of consumer data, then I think perhaps legal advice is probably a good idea. But the Information Commissioner's Office has some really helpful guidance on their website and on their social media channels. So the information is actually really accessible for everybody. And just on that, I think the Information Commission came out maybe kind of like the day after the deadline and said something like, small firms, if you're worrying, don't worry, we won't be kind of issuing any big fines. I mean, I'm not strictly quoting kind of what was said. And I tweeted this out and there was a little bit of a response to kind of say, well, why wasn't this said more clearly pre the kind of deadline date? So have we seen, we're kind of a couple of weeks into GDPR, are we seeing anything in terms of fines from the Information Commission's office or any kind of punishment that's going out to businesses who haven't complied? So there, there is action being taken at the moment and okay. it's, it's rolling on from before GDPR because the, the law but the law in the UK hasn't actually changed that much and it's been there for 20 years and businesses should have been complying with it for 20 years. Um, and so businesses are being penalised for having infringed the old Data Protection Act. So we've seen Carphone Warehouse, for example, uh, you know, with the data breach, uh, security breach they've had there's action being taken there. And if you look on, on the records on the ICO website, there's there's actually a wide range of different actions they've taken against not just large companies with their marketing lists, but small businesses doing the wrong thing or even individuals accessing information that they shouldn't have and they haven't been authorised to access. So the requirement's been there for a long time. And this is really, I think, you know, from the ICO's point of view, a really good opportunity to remind businesses what they should be doing to protect privacy. Fair enough. And if I'm a small business owner now and maybe kind of in the lead up to GDPR, maybe I hadn't taken much action, is there anything or indeed what are the things that I should be doing now to make sure I stay on the right side of the Information Commission office? So I think the first thing that businesses need to do is that they need to understand what personal data they're holding, where it's being stored and who they're sharing it with. Because one of the basic principles of GDPR is transparency. And through your privacy notice, you basically need to be giving individuals all that information about what you're doing with their personal data. So when you say understanding it, so if you understand this is the personal data I've got, this is what I'm doing with it, and this is where I'm storing it. Once I've understood that, who do I share that understanding with? Is that something I then publicly state on my website and in my communications? Yeah, so all of that information needs to be set out in your privacy notice, which should be displayed on your website. And I should never really ask this question to a lawyer, but is there a place where I can go to get a relatively affordable place where I could say download a privacy statement? 
So there are lots of template privacy statements out there. The difficulty is that no one business is going to be handling data in exactly the same way. So if you are using a template, then it does need to be used with caution. And you do need to make sure that that the end result accurately reflects what your business is doing. Fine. Gerard? Something that the ICO have done, which I love, they've released recently, is a, a graphic privacy notice of what they do with your information if you ever contact them. And there's something like 12 different ways they handle your information, but they just have a really simple picture saying, you know, if you've put an inquiry in, this is what we're processing and this is our lawful basis, this is what we do, this is our purpose. And actually, it's a really good guideline for helping businesses communicate simply what they're doing. Uh, Our own privacy notice runs to several pages, but actually that diagram is going to inspire us to present it in a different way that's much clearer to our customers and to our suppliers. And just back to you as a company yourself Mm. then. So you have a privacy notice, it's 12 pages long. If I'm a customer, where do I go to access that? So we have a link on our website. So it just says, click here to read our privacy. And so what we're saying in the most simple fashion is that GDPR is about businesses who handle data of customers, whether they be businesses or consumers. And it's about the business being transparent in terms of what they're doing with that data and where they're holding it and then sharing that with customers who come to their websites. So there's kind of three key things that businesses are going to have to deal with. One of them is someone putting in a a request to see information or correct it, and that could be a customer, but it could also be an employee. You know, if you're holding health information about your employees because you've got health and safety obligations, you know, they could put in a request and make sure they know what you're holding. Um, Obviously, if you've got larger business clients, they might want proof of your compliance because they have obligations to show that you as a supplier to them are compliant with GDPR. So you might have that. And then thirdly, you might actually have a a breach in your data handling that you would have to report maybe. So those are the kind of three things that businesses need to keep in mind. And that's what all of these systems are trying to help them manage and deal with. And just on those three three systems, so as you say, one could be an employee saying, can I access data you're Mm. holding on me as a company? Second, which I like very much, if you're selling to larger clients, they may want to see notice of what kind of data kind of uh, systems you've got in place. They are two different things, are they? Um, yeah, so yeah, they're, they're two quite different things because if if I put in a data request to see information about me, um, really you're only obliged to give me information about me. You might have to edit out other people's information from it. Whereas if a client's looking for evidence of compliance, they want to see maybe agreements you have in place with your suppliers or you know what your audit log is like, your impact assessment for information and maybe your breach log as well to to see whether you're keeping on top of what's going on. And just in terms of the resource required to do this, so around GDPR coming in, there was, and I don't know whether this was a legal compunction that you have to do it, to appoint an information officer in your company. So is this something, if, if small businesses have just the founder or two to five people, who should they be looking at to say, is this a role of somebody in the business? So the role of a data protection officer is only really required in large organisations where there's a significant amount of data being processed. Um, smaller businesses, they don't need to worry about appointing somebody as a data protection officer, but they still need to have somebody within the business that takes responsibility for data protection and privacy and in as a point of contact for individuals to get in touch with. 
Excellent. So it doesn't have to be a new role created. It's someone who can be in the business who takes on that additional role and responsibility. And Gerard, in terms of tools, my understanding is you have a tool that's very easy to use for small businesses for them to figure out what their kind of GDPR role and responsibility is. So tell us a little bit about that. That's right. So um, if you go on the ICO website, there is plenty of guidance, but we found that lots of businesses were getting a bit lost with where they should start. So we've converted that into a very simple process. We have three simple stages. The stages have tasks. You work your way through those tasks and they help you build all the different processes and systems that you need to make sure you understand what's going on. Excellent. And in terms of what's going on, is GDPR here to stay? Definitely. So I think that you may have heard people saying, but basically this is it's not the end. It is just the beginning. What GDPR is intended to do is create a culture of privacy within organisations. And it means that moving forwards, every business should have privacy in the forefront of their mind whenever they are processing data, implementing new projects, systems, processes. It's really important that it integrates with everything that you're doing. And it's, it's back to my point about your information being yours. And you should handle the information of others the same way you treat your own information and respect its privacy. And that's what this is all about. And for small businesses to get ongoing help around how they deal with it, of course, we've kind of had the deadline. So businesses have acted, but I think maybe quite a few are wondering just kind of, do I keep this going? Do I have to appoint a data protection officer? So, of course, we're aiming to give as much help as possible on Enterprise Nation. But do you think kind of signing up to newsletters from likes the likes of the Information Commission Office, is that a useful thing for small business owners to do just to keep on top of, you know, anything that changes and maybe new regulations that are coming down the line? Yeah, it's certainly worth signing up to, you know, their newsletters, any news that's coming out, but also keeping an eye on their statistics. So, for example, in the last quarter, I think 80% of data breaches in the health sector were just people emailing the wrong thing to the wrong person. So it's, it's not necessarily about your cybersecurity, although that's an important part. It's about your working practices and how you're making sure you control that information as well. Um, yes, I agree. I mean, there's lots of information on the ICO's website, including the enforcement action that they're taking. And I think it's a really good opportunity to be able to learn from the mistakes that other people are making. I love that. So go on there to hopefully make sure you never get on their list. Well, with help from you guys, from Alice and from Gerard, thank you so much because hopefully all small businesses listening in will understand if they maybe didn't do anything pre-GDPR deadline, that it's not too late to act. They can do things now and hopefully this good practice is a good thing for all businesses. So Gerard, Alice, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. That was the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation powered by Zero. Go to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast to find out more. And big thanks to audio and podcast production service Podraffy for producing this show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and please do leave a review. See you next time.